Your Money, Your Wealth listeners, we want to put you on the show. Call 888-994-6257 for your chance to have Joe and Big Al answer your burning money questions live during Your Money, Your Wealth. Whether it's about retirement, investing, Social Security, taxes, your portfolio, whatever the topic is, there's a pretty good chance these fellows can give you the insight that will help you make better money moves. That number again is 888-994-6257. 888-994-6257 for your chance to have your question answered live on your money, your wealth. Social Security benefits got a raise in 2018. Uh, 2% cost of living, Joe. Highest increase in a number of years. Although, if you look at this, the average benefit at a 2% increase $27 per month. 27. Today on Your Money, Your Wealth, seven new changes to your Social Security benefits. Joe and Big Al talk about the good and the bad. Just think of all the things you can do with 27 bucks. Plus, how small business owners may be in danger of screwing up their Social Security, how the new tax law lets you save big money if you're taking required minimum distributions, and Joe's fear of commitment is further cemented by the story of a fellow who lost 60% of his life savings in a divorce. Now, to tell us how 70 is the new 60, here are Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. You know, on this show, we talk personal finance, we talk taxes, we talk retirement, we talk, um, you know, I guess our personal lives. Yeah, we don't have anything else to to talk about. Yeah. But there was an article that I read that I found somewhat interesting. Okay. And we've spoken about this quite a bit on the show, um, but the headline was Delaying Retirement Can Have Remarkable Benefits. Okay. I agree with that. And I think we did a TV show saying, you know, 70 is the new. 60 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you were, as I recall, you were quite adamant about that yes, on the TV show. Because here's, and, and this article proves my point. Okay. Right? They must have watched the TV show. Maybe. So it starts out saying you're 49 years old, you make $113,000 a year, and you're starting to get worried about financing your retirement. So you're a little bit behind the eight ball and making some money. But you could take a drastic step of upping your retirement savings by 10% of your salary. That would be a pretty big step for a lot of people. Sure. Or you could achieve the same result by retiring two years and five months later than you had planned to. Okay. So instead of, you know, 10% more savings, right. you just hold off on retirement for a couple of years. For a couple of years, yeah. So then this is, I think, helps people Put things into perspective. Right. Because we always want the instant gratification, don't we? Of course. Right? I want this. I want to buy that. I want to look at this. And, you know, I've got to live for today. But, you know, tomorrow will come. And procrastination is always a key factor. That's why most people are not necessarily successful in saving. But then if you think, okay, well, I could forego. I can still spend. But I'm going to have to work another two years in five months or two and a half years. Or I can save another 10% and retire two and a half years earlier, which is more important to you. Right. Right? Yeah. And if, if you think about it that way, it's like to, to save 10% more may mean some pretty drastic changes. It could be. In your lifestyle and and working a couple more years. And, and you're right. When we, on our TV show, we did examples of the mathematics behind that. And, and there's several things happening all at once. So one is, we're, first of all, we're assuming your social security age. That's, so that's part of what goes into this. So you wait a couple more years before you take social security. So your benefit's higher there. That's yeah. Not, I mean, I think that the whole equation... Has to if you're going to retire at 55 to 57, the math not, is not going to work. work you well. need to at least be able to claim Social Security yeah, I, for this, I, right. this equation to work. So saying. 62 to 70 is kind of yeah. the sweet spot. So there. let's just say you're 65, and, and instead of retiring at 65, you retire at 67 or right. 68, for example. So you wait two or three more years, so your Social Security benefit is higher. You've had two or three more years to save. And generally, at the end of your career, you're at higher earnings than you were at the beginning of your career, so you have more opportunity to save. And the third thing that happens, Joe, is that you have not used your portfolio yet, so that's been able to grow further. And then furthermore, (laughs) there's a fourth thing that I just thought of, and that is if you start 
taken your money later in life, then you can probably do a slightly higher distribution rate. In other words, if you retire at 50, I probably would would not want to take more than 3% of your portfolio on an annual basis, maybe Because that less. money needs to last, let's say, right. 40 years. Now, if you're 70, you could probably take 5%. And these are rules of thumb. I'm not saying these are cast in stone, but just to give you an idea, the older you are when you retire, you can probably take a higher distribution rate out of your portfolio. But also, now more studies have come out that the longer someone works, the longer their life expectancy is. And that's kind of a weird yeah, so that little con- twist to things. Right, so that contradicts what I just said. Yeah, but in I mean, in, in all generalities, if, you work, if, if we assume a normal life expectancy, right? If I'm working to uh, two or three years longer, and I still have the same life expectancy if I retire two or three years earlier, right? right. I'm that much closer to my, my the date. death date. <laughs> The date. The D-date. The death date. Yeah. The D-date. Right? Okay. Where it's like, all right, well, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm drawing less out of the overall portfolio because I'm going to die at 85 or 90. Yeah. Well, if I retire at 70, okay, well, then, you know, I have 15 years versus potentially 20 or right. 25 years that that portfolio needs to last. That's the idea. Right. So the basic result. So th- there was a paper that was uh, drafted here in the National Bureau of Economic Research. And there's a bunch of people that were writing this. And uh, the basic result is that delaying retirement by three to six months has the same impact on the retirement standard of living as saving an additional 1% um, of labor earnings for 30 years. Really? Okay. So every three to six months, it's like another, you know, 1% of additional savings. Okay. So So I'm going to be working a while. Well, you yeah. Well, you got a big wallet now. You know, you can retire I to, now. I need to fill that thing up. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's just choices that we make. And it's funny. I was listening to uh, this podcast. He's been on our show, uh, Pete the Planner. Oh yeah, yeah. I like Pete. I, I do too. And um, so he has this uh, podcast. It's called Retirement um, or Million Dollar Plan. And so what he does is that he interviews people and they, he asks them questions about their overall situation. And then he tries to find out their million dollar day. When are you going to be a millionaire? You know, if you're saving at this rate with your age and um, the amount of uh, accumulated assets that you've already um, have accomplished. Yeah. So w- w- how's, how, how much longer is it going to take? Well, this gentleman was on. And if it doesn't, man, put things into perspective is that he was 57 years old, right? Went through a divorce. So he had like 1.8 million bucks, 57, feeling pretty good, right? Gets a divorce. And I don't know what happened with this divorce. And he didn't really get in a lot of detail with it. But all of a sudden, she got 60%, he got 40%. Okay. So he's got a half a million bucks, roughly. Right. And he loses his job. So he, he was making a few hundred thousand dollars a year. Doesn't have an income. Now his $1.8 million nest egg is now down to $500,000. And it's like, okay, and I, and I don't have income coming in. And then he's always thinking, he's like, man, it's always been looming in the back of my head. I should have been saving a little bit more. You know, we were making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. Life was good. You know, but we looked at our nest egg. Our nest egg was nice. Sure. You know, but you never know what life is going to throw at you. Right. You know, so yeah, you can put the caveat in and say, you know what, I'll work a couple of extra years. But then we'll throw this in there, right? Half of people are forced into an early retirement. Right. Half. And so you may not have any choice. Exactly. And that's why why you need to be thinking about these things earlier. But if you can, if you you are able to work, it's it's really, it's it's great motivation to work another year, two, three years. It can make a pretty big difference in your, your retirement scenario, Joe. It's a matter of actually getting by or really enjoying your retirement. Do you know what's in your retirement future? How do you determine if you're ready to retire or if you need to save a bit more, work a few years longer? Visit the white paper section of the Learning Center at yourmoneyyourwealth.com to download our retirement readiness guide. You'll learn little known secrets about creating income to last a lifetime. 
making the most of your investment strategy in retirement, controlling your taxes, and much more. It won't cost you a thing to download. Find out the seven plays to help you get retirement ready, despite the uncertainties we may face. Download this free retirement readiness guide from the white paper section of the Learning Center at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Time now for Big Al's List. Every week, Big Al Clopine scours the media to find the best tips, do's and don'ts, mistakes, myths, and advice to improve your overall financial picture. In handy bullet point format. This week, seven changes to Social Security for 2018. Couple facts though before we get started. This is as of August 2017. 61 and a half million people, Joe, were receiving Social Security benefits. And of those, about 42 million of those folks were retired workers, which is about 62% of the, that group. Because you, you can work and still receive Social Security benefits at certain ages. And sometimes you, your kids may be receiving payments or disability payments. Um, but the 62% of retired workers that are receiving Social Security payments, um, at least... Uh, let's see, uh, at least half of them count on that as their primary source of income, which is, Social Security, by the way, is meant to cover 20, 25, 30% of your income, not the whole thing. So if, you, if that's all you have in retirement, it's, you're going to have a different lifestyle. So it's, it's not the goal, yet it is still a big chunk, 30%. If you make 100000 and you're getting $30,000, it's still, it's still a good number. So you want to make sure you maximize it. So there's here's seven changes that happened in 2018 to try to educate you on, on, on what happened. And uh, I guess the first thing is Social Security benefits are um, received a raise, got a raise in 2018. Uh, 2% cost of living, Joe. Highest raise, uh, highest increase in a number of years. Although, <laughs> if you look at this... Uh, the average benefit at a two percent increase twenty seven dollars per month. Twenty seven. So. Well, that was, I mean, I remember last year. I think the average was twelve dollars a year. Yeah, yeah. And right. we talked about that. That was enough to get you a can of Pabst <laughs> Blue Ribbon, a six pack. <laughs> twenty seven a month. So anyway, it's good news that the cost of living is higher. Well, two percent. That's based on what CPI index. So yeah. we can see that there's potentially a little increase in inflation. Yeah, that's what this is suggesting. Um, I actually looked in. Uh, we we broadcast out of San Diego. The 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 CPI uh, in San Diego was three point three percent last year. That's the highest it's been in a long time. Hmm. Anyway, so you get a little bit more money. That's number one that changed. Uh, let's see. Number two uh, is... Well, the, uh, another thing to consider here, too. So when you get your Social Security check, some of you might be saying, man, I don't feel like I got a raise. It actually went down. We have a client of ours yeah. that was like, Joe, why is my Social Security going down? I thought you said it would go up. I thought you said it would go you know, right? And I said, well, you're, look at your statement. Because your Social Security payment actually did go up, your net pay went down because your Medicare premiums increased. Yeah, and that's the problem. In fact, in general, the last several years, Medicare premiums have have increased more than the Social Security benefit. Right. So your net pay keeps going down even when the rates go up. Exactly. Yeah. The second thing, Joe, uh, is the maximum payout rose a bit. Uh, the maximum payout uh, for this year for a full retirement age is $2,788. Uh, that's a $101 increase from last year. Maximum meaning that if you retire at full retirement age, which, which right now is 66, but I will say this, if you're 62 this year, which is the first year you can claim Social Security, your full retirement age is 66 and four months. So that's what it is this year. But if you're 66 right now, then that is your full retirement age. It's when you're born, but before 1955, it's it's actually 60, 66. Yeah, for those born in 1954. Correct. And earlier. Right. That's 66. And then what they're doing is just increasing your full retirement age over the next several years from 66 to age 67. So if you were born in 1960. Or later, your full retirement age will be 67. Correct. And so, the yeah, if you're born between 1955 and 19, 
60, that's when that phase out from age 66 to age 67. They just add two months each year till they get to age 67. The third thing, Joe, is wealthy Americans will owe a little bit more. Uh, the maximum uh, payment to Social Security increased from 127200 to 100... 28700 There it is, 128700 thank you. Yeah, and the couple of things that maybe a lot of you might not know is that once you reach that threshold of 128700 of adjusted gross income, is that, or no, that's just gross income, you stop paying Social Security. Correct. You still pay into Medicare, but the 6.2% that you put into the Social Security or FICA tax, you no longer have to put into the system um, because you maxed out. Right. And let's say you have a good job, you make $150,000 a year, and, and you kind of wonder, why does my pay go up towards the end of yeah, the year? Yeah, like December, I had a really good yeah, yeah, they, they yeah November, speed. December. It was I, I, I had really, it, I had a better check. Right, and the reason is you maxed out the Social Security this year. It's one hundred twenty-eight thousand seven hundred, meaning that once your salary gets to that level, they don't charge you for Social Security anymore. They do charge you for Medicare. So that's a, that's an extra 1.45%. There is no cap on that. So regardless of your level, anyway. So that amount goes up. Uh, number four, I already mentioned this. The retirement for retirement age is on the rise. So as I said, if you're age 62 this year, then your full retirement age will be 66 and four months when you get to that point. Number five, withholding thresholds for early filers will climb once again. So what this is referring to is that if you are not yet at full retirement age and you want to take your Social Security, so in other words, 62, 63, 64, 65 years of age, you want to take Social Security at that point. We call it taking it early. If you are working, you have to make below a certain level. And that amount this year is 17,040. Last year was 16,920. So in other words, if you're age 62 through 65, and there's an exception. 66. 66. There's an exception, which Joe will say in just a second. But it, right now, if you have a job, you can only make 17,040 without reducing the benefits that you'll actually receive from Social Security. Yeah, they'll reduce your benefits by $1 for every $2 that you earn over that threshold. So just FYI, if, if you're, here's the rule of thumb. If you're fully employed and you're making more than, you know, let's call it 50 grand, don't take your Social Security benefit um, because it's just going to cause problems for you. You will receive that benefit once you claim at 62 and you will receive that benefit all year long. And then guess what? You're going to file your tax return. And then the Social Security Administration is going to say, hey, yeah, you got too much. You you made too much money. So we're going to take back, you know, a dollar for every $2 that you earned over 17,040. And so in that situation, I don't know, they probably take the whole thing back. So the next year, right? Let's say you fully retire then at age 63, you fully retire. And then you're counting on that income. You're not going to receive it. They're going to, because they're like, no, you owe this to us because we shouldn't have paid it to you in the first place because you made too much income. So just there's a little bit of planning around taking Social Security benefits early. Now, once you reach your full retirement age, right, um, your earnings limit is $3,780 per month for all months that you remain below your full retirement age. In that year. In that year. So okay. if so, my so full retirement age is now in June and it's January, right? So each month for the next six months, I can make $37.80 per month. If I make more than that, then for every $3 earned, they're going to take a buck back. So the, the threshold's a lot higher that, once you reach your full retirement age In that last year. year. In that last year. And then once you actually do reach full retirement age, it's unlimited. You can make as much money as you want. You can still keep your full Social Security benefit. In recent weeks on Your Money, Your Wealth, we've talked cryptocurrencies and blockchain with controversial crypto celeb Amanda B. Johnson. We've covered some of the opportunities, challenges, and tricks coming from President Trump's new tax law. And we've given you some ideas on how to capitalize on the Goldilocks economy in 2018. 
If you missed any of it, you've missed a lot. All you got to do to rectify that is visit yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Catch up on previous episodes and subscribe to the podcast. That way you won't miss future interviews with Chris Manula, who retired at the age of 41. Jackie Beck, who created an app that can help you become debt-free and so much more. While you're there, sign up for the podcast newsletter. Visit yourmoneyyourwealth.com to get all caught up and hopefully leave even smarter than you were before. That's yourmoneyyourwealth.com. We've been talking seven changes to Social Security in 2018, and we got through the first five, and the, the sixth one is disability income thresholds inch higher. So there's a, there's a, there's a little bit higher benefit um, for those that have disabilities that are not blind. That's qualification, I guess. So it increased $10 a month to $1,180. But if you are blind, uh, you can earn up to $1,970 a month, a $20 increase over 2017. So a little bit more benefit there. And I know you've been waiting for the last one. Number seven is that qualifying for Social Security just got a little bit harder. Although not much, but a little bit. So I guess let's talk about the basic rules, Joe. To qualify for Social Security, you have to earn 40 lifetime work credits. And a work credit is defined as a quarter, three-month period of time. So another way to say that is 10 years. You have to be working 10 years and contributing to Social Security to get a benefit. You could work 10 years for the government and not contribute to Social Security, and you wouldn't get any benefit. So that wouldn't... You have to work for for an employer where you contribute to Social Security, which, by the way, is most employers except for governments. In each credit um, for this 40 quarters uh, requires $1,300 of earnings. So if you only earn $1,200 for a quarter, then that doesn't even count. It won't even count. So it you need to it make... It won't even count. Yeah, 1020 or 1320 bucks. Yeah, and that's the change because it went from 1300 to 1320 this year. So you got to you gotta work a little overtime to get to that 1320 You know, a lot of things have changed a little um, with... God, man, sometimes I listen to myself and I want to just slap myself. <laughs> A lot of things have changed a little bit. What the hell does that mean? I don't know. I'm, gonna, I'm excited to see what, how you're going to get out of this. <laughs> what the, you know? Well, how do a people thi- listen to of, this garbage? A lot of things have changed a, a little. A lot of things have changed a little here's, bit. Here's, I've just contradicted myself in mid-sentence. Well, no, this, these were seven changes. A lot of changes to Social Security that changed a little. <laughs> there was a lot of changes, but it really didn't affect you that much. That's what I was trying to say. Well, but still, it's good. Sometimes we go through these things, and, and sometimes people don't even know these some of these benefits uh, or strategies apply, so it's kind of good to go through them. The Social Security used to mail out paper statements to show us our past earning histories, yep. uh, but now you need to go online. Hopefully most of you know this. Um, SSA.gov, that's where you would like to go. Set up your own account, SSA.gov. Um, you want to check out your earning history on that um, just to make sure it's accurate because they're going to take a look at the 35 years of work history and they're going to average that 35 years of work history and then that's going to come out with an average payment and then that's how they de- define your Social Security benefit. Um, but I don't think if there's years that are over um, a few, you can go back and dispute yeah, I'm not sure what the ruling is on that, and I and I do check mine. I try to check it each year. I actually just of all things, I just now now Social Security Administration. If you sign up, you have to you have to sign up for the website with a login and a password. But but and then of course they require your email. But they send you an email. I just got an email a couple of weeks ago from them that said you can check your latest statement. You know, and I think a lot of man, I. I'm telling you. (laughs) You're tired today. Jeez. A lot of this show's theme has been, well, today versus tomorrow. And with some of you that have a small business, you might skirt out a little bit on your payment. Example, my father. Owned his own business. He's dead, so I don't think the Social Security Administration can come back. <laughs> they're to not going to. Right. He died. You think they're listening to the show anyway? But here's what he did. He was a small business guy, right? A cabinet maker. Yeah. So he built cabinets and remodeled kitchens, and a lot of that 
was cash business, mm-hmm. right? So you go to, I'm going to Big Al's house. Hey, Big Al, I'm going to quote you 5000 bucks to put this cabinet up or whatever it is, and you're going to cut me a check for $5,000, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying he did this. Well, yes, I am. <laughs> you're deep into this story <laughs> Right, <now. laughs> I know. This was hypothetically. Hypothetically say speaking. That. Say that. Hypothetically speaking. Yeah, it could Is happened. that it's sometimes possible. people with cash jobs might not, claim 100% of their income. Imagine that. Yeah. Have you ever heard of such a thing? <laughs> Only this once. <laughs> First time. No, Sorry, Dad. N- no, Joe. It's it's common. I mean, and that's... The IRS knows... This isn't new information. The IRS knows that there's a huge underground economy, which is why they came up with 1099s years ago. Because the people that had jobs got W-2s. The people that were contractors, they didn't have anything. So... Huh, they never reported anything. Right. So what the IRS said is, you know what, we're going to set up this 1099 thing. So if you work for somebody and they're a business and they pay you more than $500, I think it's $600 now, then they have to send you a 1099. And so you get the 1099, but so does the IRS. So guess what? The IRS expects to see it on your return. And nowadays it's common. I've seen this a lot. Is you'll have a small business owner. They made $100,000. But they add up their 1099s. Oh, it's only 59000 I guess that was my income. You know it was more. Sure. And that's what they claim. And so- there's, there's been a lot of strategies to mitigate the Social Security taxes. I'm coming full circle. Yeah, I can, I can see that. Yeah. They're skirting around the system yeah. and saying, all right, well, let's. Uh, uh, this was a huge strategy. All right, well, I'm going to become an S-corp. And I'm only going to pay myself $10,000. And I'll pay payroll tax on the $10,000. But the other $90,000, because I made a full $100,000, I'm going to call that a dividend. And that dividend is it will be taxed at ordinary income rates. But I don't have to pay social or self-employment tax on the dividend, right? And so, and so your tax bill's lower, right? But what happens to your Social Security benefit? You kind of shot yourself in the foot. You, you, you? got you blew yourself up, <laughs> but you felt good today at that moment. Yeah, man, look at how much tax savings I did. Well, and, and here goes back to another theme, which is if you can save the difference and invest it, more power to you. But most people spend it, and they get to retirement. And they screwed up their social security by kind of doing this cash system, and now they don't, and they haven't saved. Right now they're in trouble. Right, because they're the the whole reason why they're skirting around the system to begin with is that they're spending probably everything. That's right. Right. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't want to pay the IRS this. I need to put you know, junior through college, whatever the case may be. I'm not judging. Yeah. But now the fact is, and we see this quite a bit. They come to us in their 60s and it's like, okay, well, here, we got to make up for some Social Security. How do I? Well, it's 35 years of work history. Yeah. You're 62. Right. It's, you got <laughs> Right. So if you understand the system a little bit better, um, I think you'll be better off. It's, again, it's procrastination. It's that, that instant gratification. Hey, I want this right now today versus really looking at the, the entire picture. Yeah, no question about it. And and what you just described, Joe, is uh, is such a common thing with small business owners. And 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 some and some of them, many of them, know that they probably should record this income. But honestly, I, I'm just just going to tell you, being a longtime CPA, there's a lot of small business owners that they 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 honestly think all they have to report is the 1099 income. And I explain, no, you have to report all of it. That's yeah, I always have to report all your income. Well, I never heard that rule before. And it's like, well, maybe you shouldn't have me do your taxes then because right. you're not going to like the answer. So I had a small business as a kid. I shoveled snow yeah. and uh, mowed lawns. Right. And so what? how much? What's the threshold? Yeah, what's the threshold here? <laughs> well, it's there's a couple thresholds. So if you, like, let's say you're a kid and, and you're, you're not going to, and assuming you're being claimed on your parents' return, well, in the old rules as a dependent, so we're we're kind of going back now. But you could probably make I don't know, even even being under your parents' return as a dependent, you could probably make somewhere between three and five thousand without paying paying tax. I kind of forget the exact number. Maybe maybe it's closer to three thousand, three three to four thousand. Let's let's say that. Now that's income taxes. However. If your income is above like five hundred or six hundred dollars, I forget the exact threshold. You have to pay self-employment tax, 
and that's and that's your social security. It's basically payroll tax. Yeah, it's 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 social security tax. Yeah. It's it's a fancy way. If you ever heard a small business owner saying I hate self-employment tax, what and you wondered what is it? That's payroll tax is what it is. And and you may not know this, but when you're an employee, you have to have 7.65% withheld for social security and Medicare and your employer matches that. So it's over 15% that goes to the government on your behalf. When you're a small business, you're the, the employee, employer and the employee. You're both. So you have to pay both sides. That's why it seems like the tax is so much higher because you're now both parties. Right. Right. And with the new tax law and the new 20% um, deduction for small business owners, we were seeing um, some articles that came out to say, all right, well, maybe I'll be a, a contractor and I'll open up my own business. And so just 1099 me to Anderson Consulting, and I'll right. work for you that way. Right. And then the employer was like, okay, well, that saves me self-employment that, tax and you. My be- I don't have to pay you benefits, offer you a yeah. 401k match and everything else. Great that's deal fine. for me, the business owner. Sure. Yeah, yeah I'll 1099 you. And the, the, the employee is saying, great. Well, now I get this new 20% tax deduction. I can write up different things on my own business. Sure. But you have to do the math it's, because it's, now yeah. you have self-employment tax. You got to pay both sides of, of payroll tax or FICA tax. Yes. And then you, right, do you have health insurance? How much is that going to cost you? Right. And then you, all right, are you going to set up a, a separate entity for the business? Maybe you want to say, hey, I'm going to put it in an LLC. Then you have a separate tax return. Then you also have to have filing fees with, you know, the, the, the LLC agreements. So Yeah, it goes on. I mean, you, get, you have no vacation time. Because you're your own business, you have no sick time, right? You you don't necessarily you, you're paying for your own health insurance and on and on and so, on. So yeah, you just want to make sure that you run the numbers to make sure it makes sense. For some of you, it, it could make a ton of sense because right. then you could set up a a certain type of retirement plan. You could shelter a lot of the money from federal tax, from state right. tax, even though you still have to pay FICA tax on the total amount, right? So if I make a hundred thousand dollars in receipts. Yes. I pay tax on the full hundred thousand dollars, correct? Right, that's right. And then uh, a payroll tax, payroll, not yeah. federal tax or Self, state tax. Self employment tax. Self employment yeah. tax. Correct. But then I could shelter fifty thousand or fifty five thousand, roughly, you know, in a retirement account. It's yeah. not going to be that much, but you get the yeah, gist. I get the idea, and then you get a twenty percent deduction. And and but I would say just uh, I hate rules of thumb, but I'm going to give you one anyway. So if you're an employee and you're thinking maybe I should be an independent contractor because of this new tax law. I would say to stay even with you being an independent contractor, you probably should be getting 15 or 20 or 25% more pay as an independent contractor just to stay equal. And the reason it's a, it's a variable number is it depends upon your benefits. If you're at a company that only pays a week vacation, no holidays, and they don't pay health insurance, and it, you, know, you probably only add 15% or maybe even a little bit less to be equal because of the extra self-employment tax. But if you're a company that has great benefits, you might need to charge, if you're making $100,000, you might need to make $125,000 as an independent contractor just to stay even. Right now, that's before tax benefits in terms of deducting more, having a retirement plan, having this extra twenty percent now that deduction that small businesses get. But it's a little bit more complicated than oh, I should be an independent contractor. You have to kind of go through all that math to figure out what's best for you. Right. If you're a small business owner, I would highly encourage you to sit down with a professional to map out what your year is going to look like to see. All right. Well, do I get this twenty percent deduction? It's going to depend on your income. It's going to depend on what type of business that you're in. Does it make sense to set up a different type of retirement plan to get even more bang for your buck? I mean, all sorts of different things. The rules have completely changed for you small business owners. And for some of you, it could mean tens of thousands of dollars of savings. And for others, you could be leaving that tens of thousands of dollars on the table. You may be going backwards. You, You might be going backwards. So you absolutely want to make sure that you get tight with this. Five retirement mistakes small business owners make? That's a white paper available for you to download free from the Learning Center at YourMoneyYourWealth.com. This special report provides insights on mistakes to avoid and steps to take for building the retirement you desire while managing your myriad responsibilities as a small business owner. While you're on the site, check out the articles, webinars, and hundreds of video clips to educate you on Social Security, small business strategies, investing, retirement, and a whole bunch more. 
Check it out at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. And if you need more help, you can always email us at info at purefinancial.com or pick up the phone and call us, 888-994-6257. That's 888-994-6257. QCDs. You know what the heck that is? Yeah, Qualified Charitable Distribution. You know, this is interesting because we've been talking about taxes now for way too long. <laughs> seems like about a century. <laughs> but this new tax law has come up with some unique planning ideas. And for those of you that don't know what a QCD is, uh, it's something that um, people should be paying attention to. But you have to be at least 70 and a half to take advantage of this. You do. But if, let's, but if you're 70 and a half, so this is for those that are probably retired or close to retirement, 70 and a half. This is perhaps, Joe, one of the best strategies available under this new tax law. And interestingly enough, it's not really a new idea. I mean, it's relatively new. It came about about five years ago. But now when you take the new tax law, how it's structured with this strategy, it's a, it, it's a big deal. It's a big deal for a lot of people. And, Be- because yeah. I think before, and this is where I would have to pound on Big Al's brain to just to figure this out. Because what a QCD is, is let's say if you have a retirement account at 70 and a half, you are required to take a distribution. And so what the law states is that you could either take the required distribution, right? Um, or you could give your distribution directly to charity. And so then you would look, all right, let's say if I'm already giving $10,000 a year to charity, for right, instance, right. right? So I would write that off on my tax return because I would probably itemize my taxes. I could, because before, you, let's say if I had medical expenses, I had charitable expenses, my mortgage expense, my state and local and property taxes, and you know miscellaneous expenses, whatever. Now all of those um, Schedule A deductions have been eliminated or reduced yes. significantly. Right. So most people, um, depending on your income, of course, is probably going to now do the standard deduction, which doubled from twelve thousand to twenty-four. Yeah, Joe. And so let me back up a second. So a qualified charitable distribution is where you give a charitable donation to any charity of your choice has to be a 501c3 organization, which all charities are. But instead of writing a check out of your checkbook, it comes directly from your IRA. So that's why they call it a qualified charitable distribution. And then if that happens, then it doesn't really show up. It doesn't show up as income because typically when you take money out of your IRA, it's income. It also doesn't show up as a deduction because it went you never paid income tax on it, so it's kind of a non-event. And in the past, there there wasn't a lot of cases. I mean, there were some cases where it was helpful, but there weren't a lot of cases where it was a good strategy. Now it's a fantastic strategy for a lot of people. And let me explain. So you think of a, a couple that's in their early 70s, for example. So they're taking required minimum distributions. Chances are their home mortgage is paid off, so they don't have any interest expense. Chances are, they, um, if, if they live in California or any other state for that matter, they're limited to $10,000 of state and local property tax deductions. So let's say they have, have $20,000 of state taxes and, and $10,000 of property taxes, so $30,000. They used to be able to itemize their deductions with that. Now they're limited to $10,000. So they just all they have is ten thousand dollars. They don't have any mortgage interest, and they give ten thousand dollars away to charity. Okay, so that's ten thousand for taxes that they get to deduct. Ten thousand for charity. That's twenty thousand dollars. That's below the standard deduction. The standard deduction is twenty four thousand. So so in other words, that ten thousand dollar donation produced zero tax benefit because you already get a twenty four thousand dollar standard deduction. You don't have enough itemized deductions to be able to itemize. Right. You would take the higher of the two. That's, even that's though right. that you're itemizing certain items. Right. But if it's not higher than the standard deduction of twenty four thousand dollars. So you need a, enough deductions, either through your your taxes, charitable giving and medical expenses to breach that $24,000. If you don't have enough deductions to breach the 24, you're just going to take the standard deduction. Yeah, so let me let me illustrate in a simple example and, and hopefully this will help. So this would be a couple that has $200,000 of income before their IRA, so successful couple, but let's just say they do. 
and they've got a $10,000 IRA required minimum distribution. So and typically they would take that out. Now they'd have $210,000 of income. Let's say they've got $10,000 of state and local property taxes and they got $10,000 to charity. So that's the $20,000 that I just mentioned, but that's lower than the standard deduction. So what happens on their taxes is is they get to take the standard deduction and their income's 210,000, the standard deduction is 24,000, their taxable income is 186. So they pay tax on 186,000. Now, if they had given the donation directly from their IRA to charity, Okay, now they don't have to record the $10,000 of IRA income. Their income is $200,000 instead of $210,000. They still get the standard deduction of $24,000. It doesn't matter what how many itemized deductions you have. Now you got $200,000 of income, $24,000 standard deduction. Now your income is $176,000 taxable income versus $186,000 at a 24% tax rate, which this couple would be in. They would save $2,400 of federal tax, and they'd probably save in California, who knows, you know, another $1,000 probably at least in, in, in state taxes or approximately. So you're looking at, here's, here's a simple transaction of someone that likes to give $10,000 away to charity a year, which a lot of people do when they're retired that have the resources to do it, and it's a way to save $3,000 or more on a $10,000 donation just by doing this technique. Right. So it, cash flow-wise, it felt like 7000 even though you gave ten. Right, right. And you know, a lot of people give first, but then there's also the, the benefit that the IRS gives us to give us a tax deduction. But a lot of that deduction might not be used now because the standard deduction is $24,000 versus twelve, and a lot of people will use the standard versus itemizing, so they're not going to really see any benefit there. But if you have a retirement account, that's where you got to go. You know, If you're over 70 and a half and you're giving to charity, look at the qualified the QCDs because um, it's it, it's going to be significant tax savings. Now you have to arrange it through your custodian. So maybe it's TD Ameritrade or Schwab or Fidelity. Uh, maybe it's through a bank. Uh, most custodians would would have this. If if you have an IRA that doesn't have a custodian, you might want to switch it. That that doesn't have that doesn't have this this strategy. You might want to switch to. But all the main ones have this strategy, Joe. Hey, Southern California, getting the tools and confidence you need to make informed retirement decisions, it requires a little more than listening to Your Money, Your Wealth. There are plenty of opportunities for you to learn from our team in person at our two-day retirement courses or at our free monthly lunch and learn events. All our classes are designed to give you the information you need to help plan the retirement you've always dreamed of in spite of market volatility. For dates, times, and locations for our lunch and learn events and our retirement classes in San Diego, Orange County, or Los Angeles, just visit the Learning Center at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call 888-994-6257. That's 888-994-6257. We got some new uh, retirement limits I want to go over. Oh. So the uh, the 401k this year, uh, you can defer up to $18,500 for, for most of you. Now, if you're 50 and above, you can add another $6,000 to that. So that's 24500 if you ha- are in a simple plan, it's $12,500. There was no change there. If you're 50 and older, you can add another 3000 so it's 15500 If you're doing an IRA or a Roth IRA contribution, then you're limited. It's the same number, $5,500. Unless you're 50 and older, it's 6500 I thought our listeners would like to know that. It's the same. Yeah, same. No change. I wish that would increase a little bit. Yeah, yeah, me too. 85% of the people that we see, they it's they have a hard time saving outside of their retirement accounts because it's kind of it's easier to save into your retirement account cuz it's a 401k plan or it's a company retirement plan and it happens automatically. Yeah, and still most people don't even do that. How many billions of dollars are left on the oh, table with company match? Yeah, it's, it it drives you crazy. But but be that as it may, those that do save, it tends to be in their retirement accounts and 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 they tend to spend everything that's left over. And to sort of prove my point there uh, is this article I was just reading. It just came out. It was a study by Bank One, actually. And they said most Americans don't have enough savings to cover a $1,000 
emergency. And so you, you read through this, and we've seen stuff like this before, and it's sometimes it just seems hard to believe, but it's, I think they talked to like 2,000 people. They said, all right, here's the question. How would you deal with a major unexpected expense such as a $1,000 emergency room or car repair? Well, first of all, when I hear major unexpected expense, I'm thinking tens of thousands. Right. At least that's, that's the way I think. Well, you got a big wallet, well, you know? <laughs> you got a big lifestyle. You got big everything. But anyway, so be that as it may, that's what it is. $1,000. How do you cover a $1,000 expense? Basically, that's the question. 39% would pay for it from savings, which means all the rest of the people, 61%, don't have savings to pay for it. So how do the rest of them pay for it? 19% would finance it with a credit card okay. and pay it off over time. 13% would reduce their spending on other things to try to make up for it. 12% would borrow from family or friends. And 5% would take out a personal loan. 39% have 1000 bucks that they can, bucks. that they can write a check for. You know, there's this other um, article that I have here, man, I'm just full of articles. You are, man. Yeah, because we're we tight got, We now. have a new crack research team. We, we, yes, we do. And it's very crack. <laughs> it's, it's, it, and we get all these, like, all this stuff delivered to our email. It's, it's wonderful. It is. Um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Remember that in college? Did you ever have uh, a... I, no, not really. What? Come on! I, I mean... You know what the what what was that thing called where you have baby Jesus and the shepherds and stuff? Oh, you mean the manger? Yeah, but what is it called? What oh, you were, the nativity. Center. Yeah, the nativity center. You know what the, the but you don't know Maslow's hierarchy of needs. <laughs> well, probably enlighten me. All right, so you got a pyramid at the bottom of the period. Humans need. You know, there, there's needs that need to be met, right? So the basics, right? Yeah, so food, like water, human survival, shelter. you need food, water, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And then the second, second is tier. shelter, clothes. Okay. So, but if you have shelter, but if, no, if you're, don't you, you don't have food and water, you're going to sell the shelter to get the food and water. Got it. All right. Does that, that make sense? That makes so sense. So you start at the baseline. I need to nourish my F- body. And That's water the first. Because you could always live in a cave. If I'm hungry. You're thirsty. <laughs> That's the first thing I'm I, looking at. I could find a rock to limp under. But right, yeah, right? You, you need the food and the water. Then the next is love and affection. Love and affection. Because, okay. again, if you're thirsty, yeah, you don't really care who loves you. or <laughs> you, you don't got a lot of love to give <laughs> because you need a glass of water. Okay, I, I'll buy that. All right. And then it goes to esteem and then self-actualization. Wow. Okay. Big word. Yes. Two yes. big words. I know. I got my Minnesota fat tongue. It's very <laughs> difficult for me to say big words. So how does that relate to what we're talking about? So then you look at the hierarchy of financial needs. Okay. So this is the mad scientist. Okay. Like that mad little, scientist? Yeah. He's a okay. blogger. Okay. He's um, pretty popular in the FIRE. Um, you know what FIRE is? Yeah. Financial independence, retire early. For. Yeah, people want to retire early. Yeah. Okay. We've Finan- had a couple of these we guys have. on. And they, like, they say, all you have to do is save, save 80% of your <laughs> Yeah, income. that's all you got to do. It's no problem. It's really easy, then guys. you can retire at 37. You live in your mom's basement. <laughs> you save 95% of your salary. You live in a cave. <laughs> right. You use SpaghettiOs. Right. Um, so survival is the first one on this pyramid. Okay. So the use of income debt to pay essential expenses. Sure. Okay. So, right? Hey, if I'm hungry and if I don't have cash, I got to go into debt. Yeah, I got right? or I stand on a street corner. Right. Or, yeah, that, extra dollar. Sure, that that happens <laughs> often here in Southern yes, California. It does. But then the second is sustainability. So now can you cover all of your expenses with your earned income, right? Yeah. And then the third is accumulation. Okay. So Makes now sense. you have a little bit more excess because you can't save if you don't have income to put, you know, right? Yeah. So and, you and see that's, how that's this hard thing, goes? That's the hard thing when you start your career. You're young. You don't have a big salary yet. It's hard to save. You're just trying to get by. And then you think, you're oh, I'm, I'm going to be there with the next raise. And then you get married and the kids come along and then you buy a house. Yeah. And then you're in your 50s. What happened? <laughs> right. <laughs> you got college and the kids yeah. are back at home. That's you a got... common story that we see. <laughs> yes. You're living it, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I'm on the other side. You are right? a poster child my, of that. My kids are out almost. 
Ast- or asterisk. Yeah, asterisk. Couple uh, asterisks. So after accumulation comes independence. So yep. what independence is is that you're paying all your expenses with investment income. Oh, that, yeah. That's well. That's where we all want to be. That, right. that means you you're 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 free. But not necessarily. The top of the pyramid is utilization. Utilization. So that's spend, give, and fulfillment of life's purpose. Yeah, that's what I. There's, that's where I'm at. The, yes, I'm, that is. De- you are at the peak. I'm giving. Right, you're going. You're my going to Mexico money to money and you know, time. What doing do, good things yeah, for people? Yeah, you feed the 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 homeless in Mexico even right. Well, I, orphanages. I, I, and- I, yeah, I, I'm a president of a nonprofit that supports an orphanage in Tijuana, and I also help a kindergarten in Namibia, Africa. And I, yeah, there's actually lots of little things that I do. Yeah, and you're, you're part of the, the... Part of the San Diego Men on a Mission? Yeah, Men on a Mission. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, yeah. and, I, and he's like talking, oh yeah, we do all these good things. I'm like, really, what is it? Well, it's a bunch of guys that drink beer. <laughs> we we, we well, put we a do, couple hundred bucks we, in. And, we do write two checks for $100 to a charity, so there is something. Yeah, but that's cool. It's, yeah, that, yeah. That's, no, it's, I mean, yeah. how many guys are in this? Like fifty, yeah. yeah so a should, couple hundred should, dollars times fifty. You like to drink beer? And I eat do. Pizza? Yes, yeah. I like to give a couple hundred dollars and have a couple of beers. That's right up your line. All right, but uh, yeah, the utilization. And I think this is what the softer side of financial planning. Yes, what we talk about because yeah. we're always striving to get to that financial independence so that we can be have the utilization. To, yeah, to, I'll, yeah, I'll, to yeah, get there exactly. Right, because if <laughs> at least in my view, I think most people would agree. If you if you have a big pile of money but are not fulfilled and giving back in some way, it's a, it's kind of a hollow thing, right? No, it's you can. I mean, we we've seen how many people Alan, that come into our office with millions that are miserable. Yes, totally yeah, miserable. Yeah. And 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 a, a common trait when they're miserable is they they don't give. Sure, and I'm not telling you, you have to give. I'm just saying what we see. And 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 those that have a lot of money and they're they're not they don't really want to share or give and I, I'm not telling you what to do I'm just saying what we've seen and then they start to worry about their money and they're more miserable having it than not having it because they're afraid right yeah it's uh, it's a weird dynamic it there is. it's a weird dynamic <laughs> you know all right that's it for us we'll see you again next week uh, for Big Al my name is Joe Anderson the show's called Your Money Your Wealth have a wonderful weekend. So to recap today's show, Social Security has been tweaked a little bit for 2018, and delaying your retirement can have remarkable benefits. Trump's new tax law offers a great new saving strategy for retirees taking RMDs, but small business owners need to make sure that the changes to the tax law don't blow up their Social Security. And as a personal aside, the mad scientist's hierarchy of financial needs puts giving in the utilization stage after you've made it. But in my experience, helping others can make you emotionally richer at any stage of your life. Subscribe to this podcast at yourmoneyyourwealth.com through your favorite podcatcher or on iTunes where you can also check out our ratings and reviews. And remember, if you've got a burning money question for Joe and Big Al to answer on Your Money, Your Wealth, just email info at purefinancial.com or call 888-994-6257. Listen next week for more Your Money, Your Wealth presented by Pure Financial Advisors. For your free financial assessment, visit purefinancial.com. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision.